0: Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast, where we showcase the inspiring stories of people who have defied the odds and achieved remarkable feats. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with Madonna Hanna, a 69-year-old track star who has broken records and won medals in senior competitions across the United States. Madonna's story is a testament to the power of determination and hard work, and we can all learn something from her inspiring journey. From fashion marketing teacher to motivational speaker, Madonna has accomplished so much in her life and continues to inspire others to achieve their dreams. So sit back and listen to our conversation with Madonna Hanna and be prepared to be inspired. So tonight we have Madonna Hanna. Uh, Madonna, uh, it, so that's your your full name, right? Uh, first, first and last name, correct? Uh, yes. Just to make sure I got it correct. Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, We want to welcome her. I'm really excited tonight to be interviewing her. She's uh, kind of one of a kind. I mean, <laughs> um, anybody that sees this video from our uh, promotional videos we'll put out, as far as our teasers, um, she looks like she's uh, 45 or 46 years old. So um, you told me, uh, Hannah, um, would you, or Madonna, would you like to tell the audience how old, what, when your birthday is and what age you're going to be turning?
1: Yes, I would love to. Carl, and to everybody listening, I am going to be a sensational 70 uh, in September.
0: All right. Happy happy pre-birthday. That's exciting. And uh there's a lot of other things in your life going on that are pretty exciting too. We're going to talk about a few of those. Um uh, but before we get into that, um I guess my audience would like to know, and I would like to know a little more about your background. Tell us where you're from. Um, maybe give us a little information about growing up in school. I, you had an interesting story you mentioned in your bio that I wanted to kind of dig into. And I think it's one of your personal missions to help children that are going through that. And that'd be good okay. for, for okay. us as parents and older generation people to be aware of what's going on. And I'd love to hear a little more about that. So go ahead and... Fire away.
1: Okay, we'll uh, start off with uh, me being raised in a white conservative suburbs of Boston, and oh, wow. and in my <laughs> in my elementary school <laughs> in the sixties, <60s, laughs> there were only three colored kids. There was only three of us, and in my particular grade, uh. There was just me, <laughs> mm-hmm. just me. And out of, I think, 30 or 40 kids, because back in the 60s, there were like maybe 30 kids to a class. Thank right. goodness, thank goodness they all weren't bullies. But mm-hmm. but uh, there were four, four four guys who were, and from grade to grade to grade... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know when you sit in alphabetical order,
0: <laughs> it's yeah, like,
1: oh, yeah. These bullies traveled <laughs> with oh. with me up until the yeah up up until the sixth grade, and uh, they made life real interesting <laughs> for me. And for anybody who's ever been bullied, you will always remember the first and last name of the people who bully you. Um, yeah they may not know that I have forgiven them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't want to carry that uh, bitterness around. Yeah, you know. Uh, In junior high school, oh, an incident that, uh, I'll share an incident that, that happened. I was the only colored kid in my gym class. And one day... Uh, after gym class, you know, you go into the locker room, which is always real exciting and things happen. Uh, my locker was open and my wallet was gone. And mm. yes, and <laughs> and two white girls who, who took my wallet, uh, they returned it. Actually, they one of them threw the empty wallet at me and shoved me into the open locker and I got scratched and, and I was bleeding and I went crying <laughs> to the gym mm-hmm. teacher. I mean, I weighed mm-hmm. all of 99 pounds and the gym teacher looked at me and said, now, Madonna, those are mm-hmm. nice girls and they wouldn't do anything like that. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm scratched. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. bleeding. Mm hmm. I went back to my locker, because I'm between a rock and a hard place here, because I told the teacher, and those girls were waiting for me at my locker, and instead of calling me the N-word, they were uh, calling me a tattletale. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. So, You're... I mean, I like I said, I, I hadn't had any interaction with them before, not like, the four little guys in elementary school where we're traveling from grade to grade. Uh, mm-hmm. This was really out of the blue. I mean, it just really, it it, it really was. Evidently, this was something that they had been planning <laughs> and executed. And uh, yes, and the teacher didn't do anything about it.
0: So, what did your uh, dad or mom, uh, what did they advise you to do when you brought this up with them, or did you, with your parents? Like
1: like most kids who were bullied,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't tell them. Mm. And, Carl, one of the reasons why I didn't tell them was because they had their own issues that mm. they were dealing with as African Americans at work, and living in an all white neighborhood uh so i just i just didn't say anything no. i didn't say anything uh i would go home and cry and um talk to god i would say why did you make me this color can't yeah. you change my color i mean i was just i mean that was yeah that's that that's what i did that's I think totally I think
0: different. people, too, don't understand the big difference between the 60s and I grew up in the 70s and 80s. So it was a little even a little better by that point, but not much. Um I mean, I don't think the kids these days understand completely what the difference was. And so that's a tough story because there's like you said, there's nothing you can do about no. what color you are or how tall you are or no. I mean the fact that you just moved into a neighborhood I mean I I understand I I've been bullied and unfortunately I was a bully one time too and you always remember mm-hmm. that by the way yes. years later as well so um and it's a shame that you carry it with you so it's uh you know I only did it once but it was enough and I knew better um my parents oh, raised oh, well, me most, better than that most,
1: Oh sure most <laughs> yeah. most most kids do know better um I was thinking that, you know, because I, as we'll find out, I taught for 32 years uh, Mm. and parents have changed. (laughs) Kids have changed. Parents have changed. And there was a time when, if your child did something, uh, a parent would, take the child to task and then have them apologize oh, make yeah. them apologize you know whether what whether they were calling somebody names or if they damaged people's personal property playing baseball on the ball went through you know even accidentally but there was a time when that seemed to have been the rule or or just oh. just how 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 things were yeah, you got one. I remember, and then you had to go apologize, you know. Oh, yeah, the, the nice part was apologizing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was the part before the apology yes. that was very difficult and kind of hurt sometimes. Yeah, so, and, then, yes. and then
1: here you are sniffling, you know, because you're because <laughs> both parents are there and you got to knock on the neighbor's door, whoever it was, and you know, and then go ahead, apologize. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and
0: you and, did it. <laughs> oh well, yeah.
1: well, you didn't have any choice, you know, <laughs> no. because if if you didn't do it right, you were gonna get another licking once you got home, because your your parents had the decency to be embarrassed by your behavior, and and uh, you know you were you know whoever it was, you know they were asked, um, how can we make this good? What 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 can you know our child? Do you know?
0: Well, I think there's a pivotal moment in most children's, you know, growing up experience where it changes all of a sudden, and I I can't always I can't tell you where mine changed, but I mean I'm, I think you have a story, don't you, about when it changed for you? Yes. Tell us a little bit about what happened and how you switched it and changed that from that point forward.
1: What the situation that changed me happened in high school i was a senior and a young lady named beth was a sophomore and she was bullied because she weighed over 200 pounds and i'm gonna tell you at that time in the 70s the early 70s um kids weren't obese like Mm -hmm. they are now they weren't they were not overweight so every once in a while, there was a fat kid,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was her. But she was not only heavy; she was tall. She wore thick glasses, and her eyes were crossed. And she had cotton candy, uh, oh. thin hair. So, yeah, she hit the jackpot. And what was remarkable remarkable about her? was that she was on our drill team. <laughs> our oh, really? colors our colors were orange, black, and white. And the drill team jackets were orange. And I remember hearing kids say during assemblies or the football game, hey, Charlie Brown, there's the great pumpkin. Cause here mm. Beth was, you know, the tallest and the biggest on the drill team. And plus she also sang in the choir. And, wow. and and you would hear kids say, Hey, look, Beth's wearing a pop tent, you know, because they couldn't get a robe to fit her. So here Beth was front and forward. Front and forward. Hmm. There Good for of, her. Good for her. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, looking back now, okay? Yeah. Because when kids were teasing her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was grateful because They weren't teasing me at the moment. And anybody who has been bullied, you know, because it sounds like a terrible thing for me to say, but it's the truth. When, when When you are being bullied a lot and there's another kid that's a target too, it's like a relief that this time it's not you. What happened with Beth was she was gone from school for a stretch of time, maybe about two months. And when she returned... She was a svelte, maybe a hundred and twenty-four pounds. Wow! And there she was, and she had long hair. She wasn't wearing glasses. She had a Jackie Kennedy shift dress on. I mean, she actually huh. looked like she could have modeled for Seventeen magazine. And and everybody was like, "Wow, look at Beth!" And. Huh. As I was walking down the hall, I didn't even know it was her. And the only way I was able to recognize her was because of her friends. She had she she had a few friends. And plus Beth had this glow about her.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm just a glow. That was on a Wednesday. The following Monday, Mm -hmm. right after the Pledge of Allegiance, the principal Made an announcement. He said that uh, Beth's mother had stopped by and she left a note to be read to the school. Beth had passed away. Oh, no. She had had cancer. And that's, you know, how she lost the weight. And the doctor, according to her mother and the note, the doctor told her she only had a week to live. And Beth chose to come to school. And as the principal was reading the note, Beth's mother said that Beth loved going to school. She loved to sing, so that's why she was in the choir. And Mm. that's why she was on the drill team. Like myself, I guess Beth never told her mother that she was bullied. but this is mm. the sentiment that her mother had shared. And I tell you, Carl, you couldn't hear a pin drop in our home room because, you oh. know, because it was like this kid that was bullied she she loved attending school and taking part there were probably in a lot of
0: people, there were probably a lot of people thinking about all the things they had done to her. It,
1: exactly I- exactly and carl i was i was angry at beth i was angry and the reason i was angry was because i thought if i only had one week to live there's no way i would have gone to school mm-hmm. there's no way i wouldn't have done it i would not have done it and i was angry at her for that i was angry hmm. with uh angry with her for a couple of days and then it hit me <sighs> Beth lived her life on her own terms. She heard the insult, but there she was in the choir, and there she was at halftime <laughs> Tap rallies on, she the, might on, have on been the drill team. Vi-
0: she might have been a victim of the bullies, but she didn't let it make her a victim.
1: No, no, and I and, and I thought about that, and I started to think... There's absolutely nothing that I can do about the color of my skin. There's nothing I can do about it. I thought, you know what? I want to go into the fashion industry. That's what I'm going to do. And if somebody doesn't like me because of the color of my skin, that's not going to stop me. And I promised myself that I would always keep A place in my heart for Beth because I wanted to be able to share her story which I have with with students um, because one I was ashamed of my behavior and she changed my life and also now I am grateful that I was bullied because it helped me to grow the thick skin <laughs> that I needed <laughs> as I was going into the fashion industry and wow. and out into the world where sometimes you meet people who are racist <laughs> or people who don't like you and make fun of you. And it's like, you know what? Been there, done that. I got to keep stepping, you know?
0: Well, yeah, and usually you find those people project really what's inside themselves, I find. And what you're seeing is their own ugliness and their own self-doubt and um, anger at And their, their own, own
1: insecurity, too. And their mm-hmm. own yes. insecurity, you know, um, especially as As I eventually found out that people who are bullied or are have been bullied or they're being bullied by somebody in the family, their neighbor, or someone. And in order to make themselves feel good, there's a scapegoat. and i I was the scapegoat. there there yep. I was. Uh, but you know, those are things that you don't realize until later. Uh, I, I did pursue a career in the fashion industry <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I didn't know I was going to teach, but it was an opportunity, there was an opportunity for me to become a vocational educator oh. and to teach okay. fashion marketing. Cause like, you know, I was going to go to New York and rule the fashion world, but I had an opportunity to- does everybody? <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> Any, the- anybody who goes into fashion- Yes, you want to go to New York. You go from Boston to New York. You know, it's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I had that personality and people just knew. Yeah, you can go to New York. Yeah. And and so anyway, uh, I had an opportunity to teach and I had remembered my gym teacher and I had remembered what it was like to be bullied and I made sure to tell my students, "Uh uh-uh, mm There will be no bullying in here.
0: Um okay, well let's talk a little bit about um what, what what I really was uh jonesing to have you on for, which was to talk to you a little bit about uh uh the post 50. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to So I'm going to tell you a little bit um in my background I um I'm 53 and so at 49 I was really depressed uh You know, I'd been divorced a few years and Mm -hmm. felt a little bit of a failure with that whole mess. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but I, you know, I was raising four boys and, Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter had already graduated and moved on. But, uh, uh, but, you know, I, you know, I was, I, I had my role. I went to work, made money, came home, take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so life was pretty decent. I knew what I was about then all of a sudden the darn kids start graduating, you know, and going to college and, and various areas that they're, they need to move on to, to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I, I, I kind of experienced that what most 50 year olds probably experience that dreaded what's my purpose now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, this has been my life my last 25 years. Now, all of a sudden things are changing and I don't know if I like the change. Um, No one's here to explain what I do. What should I do? I mean, my my parents have, you know, they've gone past that stage a long time ago. They're more worried about surviving than themselves. So so you can talk to them and they're like, oh, we forgot. I I got one funny story when I dropped my son off at college the first day. Well, it was the day I dropped him off and I couldn't. I was very emotional. Of course. I got to the door. I almost started to cry. But I'm a man, I can't do that. So I walked out of the walked out to my vehicle, got in the vehicle, and then started driving down the road. And all of a sudden, tears just uh-huh. and uh so I called my dad and I said, I hate you right now. <laughs> and he says he said, Why? And I said, You didn't tell me this would happen. <laughs> and then he says, well, why would you, why would we tell you that, that you wouldn't have any children? <laughs> and so I finally got it. I was like, wow, okay, he, he made a good point. But I I found I've struggled a little bit too with, um, you know, when you're 30 or 40, you would, you know, think of something like, oh, I want to go run a marathon. And then boom, you go do it. Um, at age 50, things don't work quite as well physically. Um and they continue to de- digress if you don't work on those things. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about how you change that whole dynamic. Because um, your story is pretty incredible. Um, so when was this when you decided, I'm an athlete. I'm ready to <laughs> okay. win the gold medal. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> Paul, I was <laughs> I was 57 years old. Okay. And I was planning the spring fashion show <laughs> and and all of a sudden, I was just hit by this overwhelming feeling to run a hundred meters.
0: <laughs> I really okay. I, I had
1: no 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 prior <clears throat> no prior track experience whatsoever
0: really nothing nothing better okay well well
1: my high school didn't have a girls track team or anything like that growing up i watched the olympics (laughs) i mean you know uh and i couldn't shake that feeling just could not shake it and it was a couple Mm -hmm. of days and it felt heavy anyway my late husband uh he had track experience and i and i told him i want to run 100 meters and he said okay um I'll coach you, but you got to do what I say. Like, well, okay. <laughs> so um, he had me running up and down hills with a backpack with five pounds of bricks oh, wow. and this and that. I mean, you know. And Old school. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Old school. That's that's exactly right. Because I'm going to meet new school in a few years, you know, from from, 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 from that time. But uh anyway, he entered me into the Washington State Senior Games in the fifty meter and hundred meter event. And I mm-hmm. thought all I have to do is just run as fast as I can in a straight line because this is just a whim, you know. i
0: yeah
1: I, I wasn't expecting <laughs> anything. Well, Carl, I won <laughs> the fifty. Oh, wow I won the hundred. Uh, nice. yes, I I, I won. And and you know there were people crowding around me because I was a new give you high fives give, oh, oh <laughs> high fives and uh, hugs yeah hugs, <laughs> yeah because everybody else kind of knew each other you know because they've yeah. been racing and and someone said you should compete again uh, next year because that's a qualifying year for nationals and I'm like nationals. <laughs> On a whim. Well, I competed again. And guess what? I made it to nationals in Cleveland in 2013. My husband and I went to the National Senior Games, uh, which which is the largest multi-sport event in the world for people who are 50, wow. 50 to 100 plus. It was the most incredible experience for, for, wow. for, for my husband and I. And uh to see all these, you know, especially people who were like eighty and ninety years old playing basketball. I mean, I remember seeing a woman eighty with a big purple and blue black eye and she's walking around and she's there, Yeah, I was playing basketball and somebody elbowed me. Yeah. You know, it was,
0: all right. it was Dennis Rodman. Uh, yeah, all right. It was it was
1: <laughs> it was like the red badge of courage, you know. I'm like, Oh goodness, Absolutely. you know. So so anyway, um I did well in in my event in the hundred meters. I came in ninth. You know, I thought not bad. You know, That's I was I, I was just out of the money, and and there was a chance to be on a four by one hundred relay team. Somebody's uh, teammate had gotten sick, so I so so I volunteered, and I showed up fifteen minutes before the race, uh, you know, to sign in, check in, and somebody said, "What leg do you want to what what leg do you want to run, Madonna?" And I said. I don't know. I've never done this before. <laughs> and <laughs> and and uh one lady got really upset <laughs> and another one just took me over to the track, gave me a 10 minute crash course and what to do. Uh I was gonna be the first leg, which as you know is a curve and I don't know how to run in a straight line. But but anyway but anyway, I, I, I listened, followed the instructions. And we won a national bronze medal.
0: <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. And I didn't know yeah. what
1: to do. You know, I I I do share that um, I do share that story when I speak to volunteers. You know, you got you got to watch out what you volunteer for. Because here I am showing yeah. up. Oh, I'm a volunteer. I can run fast in a straight line. And it's like, what leg do you want to run? Like, what's a leg? You know, I mean, I've watched this <laughs> on television. So anyway, that was, that was 2013, 2014. I was racing a 50 meter event in Washington and lady was coming up on my shoulder. I threw it into another gear and I heard this. I heard what I thought was the starting gun going off again. But I said, oh, no. I said, no, that can't, that that can't be. Next thing I know, everything went dark. I had ruptured my jellies and like oh, everybody no. hurt
0: <laughs> And that's what it sounds like it sounds like a kind of like a gunshot yeah. from what I understand. Well take it go. from me.
1: <laughs> I yeah. I I was uh, either like 61 going on 62, okay? And oh, my goodness. and and here here I am. Uh, you know, I woke up on a table wondering like, what am I doing here? And they said, You're not racing anymore today, Madonna you have a a, a, a ruptured Achilles and you're going to have to go to the emergency room. And uh, yes, 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 yes. And uh, yes, I had surgery, but you know, and the surgeon told me that, well, because of your age uh, Mm. and the severity of the rupture, you're not going to be running that you won't have that explosive speed or anything again. But after, rehab and let me see that was uh, I was going to
0: say I probably didn't do very much to affect you did.
1: <laughs> well, I never thought that I would not run again. I never thought I I, I never thought that and uh the rehab didn't happen until 2015 cuz you know, you got to you know go through all this healing and stuff. And in 2017, I said let me just try. Let me just try to see if I can do it. One, <laughs> the 50 and the 100 again at the state there level. You go. And, and, there you and, go. And that was also, uh, 2017 was also my husband's first bout of cancer. Oh. And he would have two more bouts at the beginning of 2018. And then he passed away in um, November of 2018, his his third bout of cancer. And in the meantime, he had gotten me ready to compete again at Washington State so I could qualify for the 2019 National Games in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that was our goal, you know, to go mm, together. Good. But, you know, that third bout of cancer uh, it was his esophagus, so he was not able to speak, but he could write. You know, they had uh, taken him into surgery, opened him up and, you know, mm. yeah, and said, uh-uh, you know. And uh, came, and they came out and they told me that uh, he, he maybe had two or three weeks to live and, um, you know, he's not going home. Mm. They're going to put him in hospice so that, you know, things could be taken care of. And <clears throat> my husband, his final request, to me that he wrote down was uh, continue to race, <laughs> build up your thighs. And when you go to Albuquerque, wear red, white, and blue. And uh, eventually that's what I did. But in the meantime, like I said, he passed away in November. And in February, 2019, I had a new coach. I hmm. had interviewed two boomers, <laughs> one male, one female, and the female boomer, I really wanted. Cause I met her during rehab and she's an international and national champion in the high jump. And, uh, she really wanted to be my coach, but she had other things to do. So she says, I know a guy, I know a guy, hmm. he's an Olympic hopeful. <laughs> he graduated from, from Oregon. He's a X amount of time, all American uh ncaa champion
0: <laughs> what's his I, what's his name uh
1: marcus chambers he went marcus to chambers. yeah okay. yeah you can look him up in uh oregon yeah, yeah. yeah you know oregon yeah okay and when he oh, yeah. and, and, and when he was in high school he was the uh national 400 meter champion national in the state okay. in junior olympics and everything and uh she said may i give him your number <laughs> to call you know and i said well, sure you had me at Olympic hopeful, you know. And and, and, yeah. and and plus Carl, uh when I retired from teaching, I was teaching millennials. Now I have a millennial coach, you know, so the coaching baton yeah. was passed from my old school husband to <laughs> this millennial who had me doing all these drills. You know, you're, you're just, <laughs> yeah. I was like that was so different from me, Carl. I thought, what had I gotten myself into? Because you see, my husband and I had had success at the state level. We had, uh, sure. by the time he had passed away, uh, we had 13 state medals and one national medal. And, and I thought, well, what I was doing with him was working, you know, and now I've got mm-hmm. to do all these drills. And I thought, I don't want to do this. But then, uh-huh. but then I knew better. You know, that, that, that corporate training and me teaching, it's like, nope, you're not going to quit. You know, better suck it up and do it. You know?
0: Well, tell me, tell me, tell me what the relationship was like, because I know in corporate America, sometimes we have younger management and I've, I've been dealing with that. And, uh, actually it can be a good experience if both parties just get rid of the age issue. You know what I'm saying?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Age had nothing to do with it. I know that if somebody has an expertise that's going to help me, then age doesn't matter. It it, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Um, I had that goal, you know, that my husband's last request. uh, This is a young man who was volunteering his time because he was pursuing uh, his own career at that time. And, uh, and like I said, he was an Olympic hopeful. And so, so, so anyway, it's like Madonna, you know how to be a team member. You know how to follow instructions, you know, because to me, a good manager, good leader is somebody who understands team dynamics because they were part of a team. This year, we will be four years (laughs) together and we have six state medals two silver four gold and we have a national medal and seventh place ribbon so
0: now you're writing a journal right now right uh about the national senior games um is that what you were saying in your profile um tell us a little more about that Uh, can people follow your journey Online or oh, do you oh, have yes. a vlog? or? Oh, they okay. can they
1: they can follow me on uh, they can follow me on my Instagram. Uh, okay. Madonna fit fast and fabulous. In fact, if they go there and 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 scroll through, they'll
0: see me fit, racing. Fit and, and, and fabulous. And, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yes, darling. So repeat that. Re- repeat that one more time, and I'm going to write okay, that down. My so.
1: my Instagram account is Madonna. M A D O N N A fit f i t fast f a s t and fabulous fit fast and fabulous
0: okay and do you have any kind of program or anything that you do with older adults that uh you 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 are right now, you train them to or
1: oh oh oh, oh or, good good grief my coach uh, trains sorry. me. I mean, okay. five.
0: You don't have five.
1: I don't have time. Five days <laughs> a week because the competition is coming up in July. So it's oh, okay. so it's three days on the track and two days in the gym. My days off are uh, Wednesday and Sunday, and I need those days off <laughs> because I need the recovery time.
0: Well, tell us about the uh what dates are the uh the National Games and 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 can we watch I'm they have a website or we they can They have check your... yes
1: check check the um National Senior Games website. Okay. Just just type in 2023 National Senior Games which is going to be in um Pittsburgh this this time okay. around and track and field starts on uh, july 10th
0: so oh, wow. so okay. so my
1: first race in the 50 meters will be july 10th hopefully on the 11th i will be in the finals and running the 100 meters and then on the 12th it's the 100 meter final and then on the 14th is the four by 100 meter relay
0: well, I'll be rooting for you that day. That's for sure. So I'll I'll be watching. I'm I'm a, I'm the master of figuring out results online because of my son. So okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. But that'll be exciting. Well, I'll tell our audience too how you did if they didn't watch it themselves. Or well, I don't know. It's not on TV, is it? Or is no, it no, no.
1: But there is a um there there is a link. I can always because you're a track dad. I can send you a link and 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 one thing before we tie this up, I I do want. Yeah. The uh your listeners, viewers to know that absolutely anything is possible. Uh yeah. last May in the senior games, senior games actually uh every two years, but you know, COVID, you know, messed everything up. I ran up my personal best in the hundred, and my time was faster than 2013 in Cleveland. Wow. Now remember, I had ruptured my Achilles in 2014 yeah. and here I am running faster. And so I was, so I placed uh seventh in the nation. My, my ranking went, went up and, and in the uh, 50 meters, I almost broke my um, 50 meter record from uh, 2011, which was my first. So as you can see, I'm getting older, but I'm getting faster. So, absolutely yeah. anything is possible. For those of you sitting at home saying, Well, I wish I could do this or do that. I mean, not everybody's got to get up and go run, <laughs> you know, but, but absolutely anything is possible. It's just your mind set. And if you're meant to do it, you're going to do it. And just sometimes you just have to take that chance, like, you have your own remarkable story, Carl, anything is possible. After your divorce, you raised four kids, mm-hmm. four boys. Yeah. You did it. Usually, you know, the kids go with the mother, but in your case, there you were. You know, it it it, it was a struggle. You said you got depressed at a certain point, you know, when oh, all the kids are gone, what am I going to do with my life? You know, but Look what you're doing. You have found mm-hmm. a sense of purpose for your life. You're, you're reaching out. You're meeting people. You're in partnership with, with two other guys who missed this remarkable exchange between us. Absolutely. You know? so, absolutely. So, but, but absolutely <laughs> yeah. anything is possible. Even you know me with a ruptured Achilles, me with absolutely no track experience at all. But I know that this was something that I was meant to do, and uh, as you know, I was on that. Sometimes
0: you just have to. Sometimes you just have to jump, don't you? Yes. You just have to do yes. it. Yes.
1: Yes. And yeah. and who knew I was going to be on the Today Show? You know, they found out about my story uh, yeah. through an article That's awesome. through an article that I wrote for an AARP publication, and so wow. wow.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So now do you have your own uh podcast or any type of uh a publication other than the journal? Okay. No. So no, no, um, no. All I'm right.
1: exhausted. <laughs> like well, you know, well, some,
0: <laughs> well someday so I, I can tell though you like to talk too, like me. So someday when you do, let me know and I'll be a guest on yours. Yes. So, you... I'll tell you what incredible things yes, we've done yes. the last 10 years. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I really appreciate the time we spent together, Madonna. You have been a fantastic guest. And uh, I hope my audience realizes that 50 is just a number. I mean, they, when they say that, they mean it. They mean it. I mean, she, Hannah, uh, Madonna's turning 70 soon. And she's one of the fastest runners, I guess, in her divisions. Uh, is that how they, they break it down into in a division, age-wise? In, yes.
1: In, in, in Washington State, I'm the person to beat. But on the national Uh, level, you see, my coach is making me more competitive in the national level because he's an elite sprinter. And he's, you know, and I'm like his science project. (laughs) And so he is helping me to be more competitive. And yes, I am climbing up the national ladder. I, I went from 16th to 10th in the 50 meters. And from seventeenth to seventh, now the, is there an international
0: in the opportunity here for you too? I mean, someday
1: eventually, yes. But this is baby steps because I am still learning the mechanics from yes. my from my coach. You you know that's you know people are fast, you know, mm-hmm. but when you're being taught the mechanics <laughs> of 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 what to do. Oh, you know the new school stuff. Uh, yes. Down the road we will get into. Who knows? I may be seventy-five. I may be eighty. Running at running in the USA Track and Field Masters, which you know. Those well, I,
0: are- hey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be swimming by then in the Masters. So we'll see. Uh, that's my sport. So <laughs> go for it. Well, hey, hey. Well, it was fun talking to you, Madonna. And I, I know you got a busy schedule. You need to get some sleep too. Uh, athletes uh, need a lot of that and yes. proper nutrition. And and maybe we one wouldn't. day we'll have you on again okay. to tell us a little more about what's how your how your adventures go. So. <laughs>